Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hubbub, the podcast for British Hills. I'm Donovan. I'm Emma. And I'm Dom. We're teachers here at British Hills, and this podcast is to let you know all about what's happening here at BH and what our teachers get up to when we're not in class. In each episode, we'll be talking about different topics, from apples to zoology and everything in between. This podcast is for you. So if you have any questions, or if there is anything you want us to talk about in future episodes, please let us know. You can contact us at our website, enjoybritishhills.com slash hubbubpodcast. That's H-U-B-B-U-B podcast. Or on Instagram, at British Hills Japan. It's a fun way for you to practice your English, and who knows, you might even learn something new. Onwards with the show! Welcome back everyone to the Hubba podcast. It is December here at British Hills and we have a great episode for you this month. We will be introducing one of the newer teachers at British Hills. His name is Sean. Sean, please introduce yourself. Yep. Hello everyone. I'm Sean. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. So we'll get back to Sean very shortly. But before that, Emma, do you have the answer to last episode's riddle? I do. The answer is... The letter N. Thank you very much, Emma. Okay, so I think we should get straight into our episode and meet Sean. Welcome, Sean. No, thanks very much. Happy to be here. Okay. So, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, well, like I said, uh, my name's Sean. Um, I've been in Japan for about, for just over five years now. I lived in quite a few areas. I lived in Chiba, Tokyo, Aichi, and of course, now beautiful Fukushima. Um, twenty eight. My hobbies are like games, PlayStation, Netflix, cycling, and going out driving, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, we've got a few gamers here on, on the teaching staff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have so to have good company. Games episode. <laughs> so, Sean, before coming to Japan, uh, where were you originally from? So, originally from Glasgow, um, a city in Scotland. So, I've spent pretty much all my life there up until twenty three. And uh, that's when I moved to Japan after I finished university. Nice. What uh, brought you to Japan? To be honest, I've always really been interested in traveling. When I was a university student, I would uh, spend my summer breaks working and traveling in America. But I always had the the goal of when I was finished university, actually moving abroad, living somewhere, you know, full time. So always been interested in Japan and, you know, the music, anime, games, that type of stuff. So thought, you know, no better place than Japan, might as well try to go there. Nice. So you've lived in quite a few places in Japan. Uh, what was it that brought you to British Hills? Well, to be honest, so my last job I was in, I you know, really enjoyed it, of course, but I was there like three years. I kind of wanted to try something new, a different experience. I was living in Aichi Prefecture, and Aichi's really, really hot in the summer, and I think, you know, after three years living there, I just... You know, I couldn't take it. I wanted to move north, somewhere colder. Then that's when I found British Hills. The job looked perfect. I'm really interested in British culture. I am, of course, a British person, so fit the description. So, yeah, decided to apply and, you know, luckily ended up getting the job and so far been loving it. Excellent. Well, it's good that you like the cold weather because we certainly have a lot of that up here. Yeah. As you're experiencing right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's freezing outside. 
So what's been the favourite place in Japan that you've lived so far? Um, favourite place I've lived would probably be Chiba. Um, I think a lot of that, though, I will admit, probably is nostalgia factor. It was my first year in Japan, so everything was new, everything was exciting. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely feel like, you know, Chiba's kind of cemented itself as like my second hometown, you know, in Japan. But yeah, that's favourite place I've lived, although favourite place I've visited would probably be Sapporo in Hokkaido. Okay. I don't know, have you been before? Uh, I have. I went uh, a few years ago. I went for the snow festival. Oh, nice. See, I really wanted to go for the snow festival, but um, it was always during term time for me, so I oh, couldn't go. But hopefully, you know, in a couple of months, I'll be mm-hmm. able to go. Excellent. It yeah. is worth going to the snow festival if you get a chance. So, yeah, highly recommended. How does Sapporo and Hokkaido feel in comparison to Scotland, both of which are the northern parts of well, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely spot on. I mean, to be honest, so where I live in Glasgow, if you think of Scotland, it's kind of split into like two distinctive areas: the lowlands and then the highlands. Mm. Um, you know, Scotland does have the image of being really cold and really snowy and stuff, but generally the lowlands, it's, I mean, it's cold and it's really really wet. It rains a lot, but it doesn't really snow a lot. If you go north to the highlands, then yeah, you'll definitely get that Hokkaido climate where it's mountains, snow everywhere, really difficult to get about places. But yeah, no, both, they definitely do compare, definitely. Okay, so just to clarify, maybe for our listeners, you said the highlands and the lowlands. So is that the highlands would be in the mountains literally because they're high up? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on. So it just, you know, comes from the word quite literally highland, meaning mountains, so... Yeah, you go north of Scotland and that's pretty much where that whole area is. Mountains, small roads, lakes, stuff like that. Is there anything that you actually miss about Scotland now that you've been here for a few years? Of course, yeah. Like, I, I definitely I miss my family. Um, I was always really close with my family. So things like events, parties, yeah, I definitely miss that. Food as well. I quite, I quite miss a lot of the Scottish food, but even just British food in general. I, I don't know if you're... A fan of the chocolate Maltesers? Oh, my uh, parents actually send over Maltesers on occasion because they know I don't get them here. And for our listeners at home, they are truly a delight. Yes. Can you describe a Malteser for us? Well, uh, for our listeners. Well, Sean, you brought it up. Can you describe it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. So it's like um, a ball of chocolate and inside there's like, it's called malt. It's basically just biscuit in a chocolate ball. And there's, when you get a box, there's hundreds of them in them. So usually I'm the same dom and my mum or my dad send me care packages. They'll put at least, you know, three or four boxes of Maltesers in it. And you're lucky if they last a week. I always just eat them pretty much straight away. Yeah, Uh, definitely one of the best British snacks. Uh, In terms of British food, if I miss anything, it's usually uh, real fish and chips, Mm. proper fish and chip shop. Yeah. Although, you know, speaking more about Scottish food, uh, some Scottish food is perhaps less well-known than British food in general. Could you take us through like your top, maybe your top three unique Scottish foods? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, for Scottish foods, I mean, haggis gets like uh, probably the most popular one, but to be honest, I could probably count in one hand the amount of times I've actually ate haggis. Like, I guess, you know, it is popular and whatnot, but I always preferred, say, some of the other ones, so... For breakfast, we would get something called square slice sausage. So it's basically a sausage that's cut into the shape of a square, put it in a roll, 
Um, that was really good, really quite common lunch. Uh, no, sorry, breakfast. As well, potato scones. I don't know, have you ever heard of potato scones before? I can imagine what that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, basically them. Again, that's another breakfast food, so you would get that there. Um, just fry them up. They're really, really good. And third would have to be black pudding. Oh. So, um, black pudding. Emma, you know black pudding. I know black pudding, yes. Can you explain that for the listeners at home? So, okay, so... Sean will correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's like a, a blood sausage. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. correct. Yeah, it's so like pig's, pig's blood. blood pig's blood. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And because uh, while the others, I think, they're in the name, haggis. I reckon a few of our listeners are unfamiliar with haggis. Yeah. So could you briefly explain what haggis is? Yeah, of course. So haggis is sheep. So it's like sheep stomach and sheep intestines. It's you know, it's one of those things when you explain it to people, it, it does actually sound quite revolting. But, again, there's lots of different ways you can eat it. There's lots of, like, gourmet ways. I've seen some fancy restaurants are serving it as part of, you know, expensive menus. Or you can even, the way you get fish and chips at a chip shop. In Scotland, it's very common to get haggis and chips. We just call it a haggis supper. So you get your haggis, chips, and then, you know, whatever else you want. That sounds lovely. I am a big fan of lamb and sheep meat uh which is much rarer to find in japan it Mm. is possible but it is more rare than beef or pork or chicken so i yeah i i've never actually had haggis in my life but i certainly would like to try they actually on occasion they do serve it at british hills i've actually one time um in the falstaff pub one of the chefs in there i think he knew i was scottish and they had some haggis left over from an event dinner they were serving and he gave me it was like a like a small haggis ball. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's haggis with breadcrumbs around about it, and it was really nice. It was actually really cool that, you know, they were making that in um, in, in British Hills. That's cool. Yeah, so we have, yeah, so British Hills, um, again, John, this is your first year, we do have uh, an event uh, around uh, New Year. Mm-hmm. The um, Again, you would know more about this than I. There's like a procession with the haggis. Is it piping the haggis? Something? Do you know? Ah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like some type of way of preparing it. And is that? Are you talking about like? There's like a mini? procession and bagpipes and. Oh, so th- is it? Are you talking about like the hogmanay celebration of? New it Year? may well be hogmanay. Yeah, so hogmanay is virtually it just means you know New Year's Eve, um, and you know for some reason it's quite a, a a main social event, a main party kind of time in. In Scotland, in Edinburgh, in the capital, there's a massive event. Like you said, there's a procession. Everyone's got the, the kilts on, bagpipes playing. And of course, you know, haggis and Scotch whiskey is, you know, plentiful in supply. So is there a reason that they, they carry a haggis in I'm the procession? Gonna be, <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I actually <laughs> didn't know they carried a haggis. Oh, okay. No, they probably do. They, they, at the end of the day... Hogmanay, like it is, you know, when you think about it, you think of the big party in Edinburgh, but generally it just it boils down to whatever you want to do. Me personally, I've never really been to that Edinburgh um, kind of party at Hogmanay. Generally, I just like to spend time with my family, and I know that's quite a popular way to pass the time for lots of other families as well. You stay up to midnight to hear the bells, you'll drink a dram of whiskey. Even the children, they'll get a tiny, tiny sip of whiskey um, at the bells, and then, you know, you can eat haggis, or generally you can just eat whatever you like. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your favourite food, including Maltesers. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that sounds lovely. So, do you know where the name Hogmanay comes from? 
Do you know what? I actually don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Probably it could come from the old Scots language. Okay. Um, yeah, Scots. Though, so there's obviously a, you know a deep history there with the um, different cultures of the different people that used to live in Scotland, and a lot of the old terms and traditions are still retained, and we still do see them in modern Scotland. So could could quite potentially come from that. Dominic, have you ever been to Scotland? I have to admit that despite the fact that I'm actually half Scottish, <gasps> I have never visited Scotland. Oh, wow, that's shocking. Okay. I have visited Scotland, but I know very little about Scotland. Sean, any fun facts you can tell us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, on top of the beautiful scenery and the amazing locations there in Scotland, Scotland's actually responsible for a lot of the technology and inventions that we use in our everyday life even today so oh, okay for example the telephone mm-hmm. was invented in scotland or by a scottish person the television the steam engine tarmac that we use on the roads mm-hmm. even the flushing toilet penicillin which is you know saved millions of lives so you know for being such a small country and you know relatively unknown it is actually responsible for you know, quite a lot of, you know, groundbreaking, life-changing inventions. Wow, that's impressive. I never knew that. See, I think Scotland, I think of um, uh, I think of bagpipes and Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do, yeah. Have you ever seen the Loch Ness Monster? You know, to my great shame, I've never even been to Loch Ness. Oh. You know. But I would like to go. I've been to Loch Lomond. It's absolutely beautiful, and I hear Loch Ness is just the same. So I would like to go Nessie hunting sometime. <laughs> So, uh, if you don't mind me asking more about your Scottish heritage and all, mm-hmm. I know that in Scotland, clans are quite uh, an... Im- I, I don't want to say integral part of the culture, but it seems like clans are part of the culture. Uh, do you have a specific clan that your family belongs to? Is there a history there? So, actually, a lot of that was kind of, you know, information that was made after the fact. Like During the time, the Scottish clan systems, they never really... Th- thought of themselves as a clan system that was more so after when they were wrote about they were described as such but generally it was a caste system between landowners and you know tenants or serfs or whatever so you know probably if i dig back far enough i'm sure i could connect the name duffy to some clan or whatever but personally no i didn't really know about anything like that that's fair enough uh one final question do you own a kilt I do own a kilt, actually. Yeah, I own, I own, well, I had several kilts. Um, in Scotland, we we wear kilts still, but only on special occasions. It's like how the Japanese will wear a kimono or a yukata, but in Scotland, it's much more limited. So the times that you'd wear a kilt are quite few and far between. So, for example, at my high school prom, I wore a kilt to my high school prom. Anytime you're going to a wedding, generally you'd wear a kilt as well but you tend to find that a lot more these days people are wearing suits so it, it could be argued that that culture is dying out which is, is quite sad it's a shame but yeah any opportunity to get the kilt on I'm, I'm more than happy to do so is there a specific cultural meaning behind the kilt or is it just the traditional dress of like a more old style traditional well yeah so there was that the tartan the tartan on your kilt would be representative to either you know your clan or your lord or you know whoever you fought with or whoever you were connected to it could also be a family tartan and um, there was also 
like specific functions of it. There was times where, you know, it was forbidden to carry weapons and stuff, and the kilts were used so that you could hide knives and stuff inside them as well. There's also whenever you rent a kilt, you'll get a knife with it that you put in your socks. It's called a ski and do. Even for little children, they'll just get a little plastic one that they put in theirs because that's seen as like an integral part of the dress. Wow, uh, that's actually really interesting. I never knew that about kilts. Thank you very much. No, you're more than welcome. Okay, so before we wrap up, uh, we were talking about hogmanay earlier, and you mm. said maybe it comes from like the old, the old Scottish. Yeah. So, are there any other words that you use in Scotland that maybe are only used in Scotland? Well, yeah. Um, so, for example, quite a common one used is bonnie. Bonnie. Um, oh, I've yeah. heard bonnie. Yeah, basically, so it means, like, either something's really good or, you know, really happy or, like, for example, when I remember, I always remember when I bought my first ever car, when I shook um, the salesman's hand and he turned around and he kind of just put his hand in the bonnet and said, aye, it's a bonny wee car, and I don't know, <laughs> that felt quite good, to be fair. What does wee mean? Wee means small, so anything from a wee cup of tea or, you know... I'm just going to take a wee break. So wee just means small. Okay, because I've heard like oh, like the older generations, oh, she's a, a bonny wee lass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so she's a good little girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, any yeah. others? Any others? Yeah, yeah, so one I quite like myself is gallus. So gallus means to be quite daring, to be bold. But it can again, it can also mean that something is quite good. So, for example, you would say, you know, the or that character in the movie last night was very gallus, wasn't he? Oh, or so is it like brave? Yeah, kind of brave, bold, yeah, kind of that type of feeling. Oh, yeah, I've never heard that one. Mm. Um, I've never heard that one, but it's a very interesting one. I think I'm going to try and use it in my day-to-day speech. Yeah, you should. Let me know how you got on. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, well, sadly, that's all we've got time for in this episode. But before we go, we need our riddle. Sean. Would you like to do the honours? Uh, I would I would love to do the honours, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, so, riddle me this. No matter how little or how much you use me, you change me every month. What am I? Do you have any idea, Emma? Not a clue. But if we tune in next time, we will have the answer. If you think you know the answer, please let us know in the comments below. Thank you very much for joining us, Sean. No, no, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hopefully be on again at some point. Yeah, definitely. And uh, listeners, if you'd like to meet Sean, get yourself up to British Hills and say hello. Yeah, do it. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, that's goodbye from all of us at the Hubbub Podcast. Tune in again for the next episode. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. We love to hear feedback. Any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions are welcome. You can contact us at our website, enjoybritishhills.com forward slash hubbub podcast. That's H-U-B-B-U-B podcast. Or on Instagram at British Hills Japan. Also on the website, if you're listening to Practice English, you can find a transcript of each episode. But if you're not here for that reason, don't worry, just forget the last few seconds. 
all in all, thank you for listening. Goodbye for now. The, the Hubbub, Hubbub Podcast. Podcast.